This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. This is Eric Goldbranson, and with me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Joe Peterson. How's it going, Joe? Hey everybody, how's it going, Eric? Pretty good, pretty good. Going good. It's uh, warm in my house. The, uh, (laughs) the, the, The weather has warmed up just enough to where when I had to close up for the rain this evening, made it so it's like just perfectly stuffy, so... Um, oh. Yeah, especially like wearing the big headphones that are kind of eventually, especially when it's warm in the room, start to become earmuffs. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, so getting a little sweaty and weird in this room, but it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, and with all the rain that we've been getting, and then like it'll be rainy for the morning, and then you get this big burst of nice warm sunshine, and of course everything blooms, so everybody in my house is just a sneezing mess lately with the oh, allergies yeah. and the pollen and but it's yeah, that time that's of year fun. we've all been kind of things, sneezy right? and yeah at least that means the weather will be nice we'll, we none of us will be able to breathe properly but we can all um yeah enjoy the nice weather finally although yep so yeah anyway i'm glad that uh we opened yet again with the what has become a weekly segment the video <laughs> junkyard like podcast weather, weather <laughs> report yeah i've noticed <laughs> we keep doing that but it's it's you know it's it's something that everybody can relate it's, to, it's right? It's human nature, right? Like that's the first thing you always talk to somebody about, be it stranger, you know, your best friend or your parents. The first thing you say is, uh, "Yeah, how about this crazy weather we're having?" So anyway, yeah, isn't that like the first sign of becoming an old man too? Just, yeah, how's the weather probably. out there? You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. At least we're not talking about how our polydent is working or anything like that. So not yet, worse. not, not yet. yet. So. We're getting there. Just have a but, you know. So. 10 so, minute segment on our di- digestion you know later yeah. <laughs> a few more years before we get to that but yeah right <laughs> but i mean last week last week though i think it was was great we we had a a really good time revisiting fifth element right so yeah this is part two of our luke Besson series and uh, sci-fi series and yeah i i'm happy to say that i'm still quite pleased with that movie which was surprising because i wasn't a fan of it when it first came out but it's kind of started to win me over um why don't you tell us what we're going to be watching talking about tonight though so this week we are going to follow it up with the other and he's done some other stuff that is kind of you know in the, in the realm of sci-fi but this is the other luke Besson like hardcore 70s sci-fi movie and that is the 2017 film valerian and the city of a thousand planets
city of a thousand planets. After centuries of peace and prosperity, an unknown force wants to destroy all we have created. Agents Valerian and Laureline, you have less than 10 hours to find the threat and eliminate it. Let's get to work. To get you a little brief synopsis of that, based on the groundbreaking comic book series which inspired a generation of artists, writers, and filmmakers, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets is the visually spectacular new adventure film from Luc Besson. In the 28th century, Valerian and Laureline are a team of special operatives charged with maintaining order through the human territories. Under assignment from the Minister of Defense, the two embark on a mission to the astonishing city of Alpha, an ever-expanding metropolis where species from all over the universe have converged over centuries to share knowledge, intelligence, and culture with each other. There is a mystery at the center of Alpha, a dark force which threatens the peaceful existence of City of a Thousand Planets, and Valerian and Laureline must race to identify the marauding menace and safeguard not just Alpha, but the future of the universe. So, anyway... Um, that's a pretty good synopsis of the movie. Um, it is before we, you know, dive into the, the actual movie. This is based on one of like what is supposed to be the seminal pieces of science fiction comic book writing mm-hmm. or comic strip, and that's a, a French comic strip called Valerian and Laureline. Um, that is supposedly like it mentioned in that in that um, synopsis, which was from um, the Amazon Prime description. Um, to mm-hmm. cite that the um but yeah they mentioned that it inspired a generation of artists writers and filmmakers and i think that's absolutely true this is the kind of thing i think that luke Besson would have been uh, influenced by when he made a movie like the fifth element so that's the um the kind of look and feel that valerian and laureline had so it was mm-hmm. kind of when you know diving back into that realm of you know he's gonna wants to make a science fiction film it, it, it doesn't surprise me that he went back to doing this uh i don't know what the connection i didn't read enough about it what the connection to his father and this is but he dedicated twice i believe like once at the beginning of the film and once at the end of the film dedicated this film to his father so i assume that means that he his father was a fan of this comic and probably was the one that introduced luke to it so um obviously something very close to his heart which makes yeah. it even more interesting that it's such a weird movie like yeah and the reason i say that is because it just kind of is all over the place and there's a lot of we spent some time talking about kind of the unique decisions that luke Besson makes and then he kind of like has has a knack for being kind of strangely genius at times and i think he also is showing here that he has a knack for sometimes making weird decisions that don't quite work out and that's kind of this entire movie in a lot of ways and 
Okay, just to clear the air on this one, I expected this movie to be awful. I have not read anything positive about Valerian. Um, it's Rotten Tomato score is like super, super low. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I know it's, yeah. Um, it, yeah, I, I don't think I read a positive review on it whatsoever. I have talked to people that have seen it and people said, yeah, don't waste your time. Um, honestly, when I was sitting down, like, like I was telling you before we started recording tonight, I've had a lot of trouble, like, uh, finding the time recently. We just recently moved and, um, finding the time to sit down and watch a movie. So when I, you know, pulled this up on my Amazon prime and looked at the runtime at two hours and 21 minutes, I was like, Oh gosh, <laughs> you know, like with those kind of reviews in a two hour, 20 runtime, I was really expecting to be like in for it and was not looking forward to watching this at all. And I want to say going in with those expectations saved this movie because it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Now, that being said, <laughs> it's still a very highly flawed movie, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, this, this was one your... I saw, I saw it a couple months ago. Uh, my new neighbor and I were chatting over the fence talking about movies and he, he was raving about it and he lent it to me and I think I've brought up on the on the show in the past a joke like you know it's one of those movies where it's like oh you liked this I didn't I guess we can't be friends but I'm kidding of course <laughs> right. he's a super nice guy and you know no this one I I watched it and uh, at the time I didn't know it was based on a comic book and, and I have not read the comic I'm sorry, it's a French comic so I don't speak French uh, but and I wasn't aware of its its legacy, but um, there were things about this in the beginning of it that some concepts that I really thought were cool. Um, for example, the uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the the name of them the 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 mool right that this humanoid race. There's this whole scene where we first introduced to this, and they're getting the pearls from the fish and the Mm -hmm. this energy it's just a beautiful scene and i was like kind of like am i on something because this is really <laughs> like otherworldly and i i regret that i saw this movie sitting outside watching my tv which i do sometimes mm -hmm. you know on a, on a warm night um and i should have seen this on a gigantic 3d imax thing because it was yeah. it's just blow to blow me away uh the whole concept of big market an extra yep. dimensional bazaar where it's like a virtual reality you can go to this other dimension virtually <laughs> buy things and then they'll teleport it through interdimensional stuff to you what a cool concept and again i don't know how much of this is in the comic i thought that yeah, was amazing it... but it just i'll tell you what killed it for me though within the first 20 minutes is the fucking cast of yeah. this. this amazing cast and the two leads are mind-numbingly bad. Yeah, I felt like that too. And especially right at the beginning, I was like, wow. Like, this is like kind of the epitome of like bad wooden acting, like with no chemistry between them, and kind of like they're reading off of cue cards almost. Like, mm -hmm. um, what's his name? Um, Dane DeHaan. Dane DeHaan has kind of a... I don't know, like Keanu Reeves times 10, like delivery of every line like he's mega stone surfer guy um but not even appropriately ever like and it doesn't seem to be 
the character, really. Later in the movie, I kind of get start to get what maybe Luke Besson was going for when, when directing these actors. Um, I have a feeling what he was doing when casting was he cast based upon um, a certain look and style that he wanted for the film, and that was very much, you know, in his thought when casting the cast as well. Um, yeah, I just... I, I, I felt like everything going on around them was so good, and they were just so bad and kind of off the market points and by the end of it I, I i they grew on me a little bit but not enough to the point where i think you know it excuses them for being so awful i don't know well it and, just... and dane dehan i've seen him in other things like he was he was harry osborne and he's in spider-man 2 and he was pretty good in that i really liked him um as andrew detmer in the movie in the 2012 film chronicle like okay. a found footage yeah. superhero movie. I actually thought he was very good in that as this kind of dark teenager with these powers and he, how he's using them for destructive purposes. It was really quite good. I, I, I just, I'm sorry, but, but Cara Delevingne is, I've yet to see her in anything good. Um, yeah. I, I know she's a model and a singer and an actress and all this other stuff. And okay, I'm glad somebody I mean, likes her, but I, I, maybe I just haven't forgiven her for Suicide Squad. But it, that wasn't all her. That wasn't all her. <laughs> right. She she makes her way through this movie and is, is passable. I mean, she, I actually think, is better than Dane DeHaan is, but only, like, I mean, compar- comparatively. And and the sad thing is that the rest of this cast is pretty good. Yeah. Um, you got like, Clive Owen and um, <laughs> Rutger Hauer shows up at the beginning of the film, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, um John Goodman does a voice in it. Uh, yep, Rihanna, Rihanna's fine in this, you know. Uh, Rihanna so, is, yeah, that'd be it, it's it. Rihanna's interesting in this movie because she plays a character that doesn't actually look like a human being, but can shapeshift into, and you know, chooses to shapeshift into fourteen different versions of Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found the the entire concept of that character kind of silly. Why you would cast like a you know stunt cat or not stunt casting, but like celebrity casting somebody like Rihanna to play somebody that then is a CG character most of the time that she's on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of silly. Like she was fine in the movie, whatever. But um, just why like was Rihanna really the the perfect person to play Bubble in this movie, or was yeah, I don't know. It just seems weird. If you were gonna, if you're gonna cast Rihanna because of who she is and you know the, um, why put her in a character where she's barely gonna have any screen time, looking like Rihanna, it doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, I mean, they, maybe she was cast on her merits. I don't think it shows through. Really, well, but, and uh, and like like I said before, I am not at all familiar with the comics. But yeah, me you know, as, as we've kind of talked about with with fanboy culture a little bit in uh, you know which we talked about when when we discussed Fifth Element and kind of we made some comparisons to fan culture and I mean for lack of a better phrase toxic fan culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like uh, uh, if a movie's based on a comic series, I you shouldn't have to have seen the comic series to enjoy the film. No, no, no. So if not. if all of the weird stuff in this movie is from the comic, fine. That doesn't change the fact that this isn't working as a film. Yeah. 
Um, know, the production. I guess let's because there's like a million bad things we could talk about and and about this movie because there are. I mean, it's like I said, it's. I feel like I'm being super negative because we're picking on the actors, and I actually think this is a deeply flawed, pretty good movie, which is an interesting thing to say because of all I've said is how how bad it is so far. But um, the things that we applauded about the fifth element kind of the vintagey 70s sci-fi feeling the visualization of alien worlds and some of the imagery um it's it's flora and fauna and the amount of different like alien societies of different species and like is is i don't even know if george lucas has pulled off something this this um populous with different types of characters and alien species um it's pretty amazing. Like there's some really, really cool stuff. Like you mentioned the interdimensional, uh, marketplace. Um, there's a lot of really great stuff going on in this the alpha itself, like the entire concept of the city of a thousand planets. And, uh, you know, that it started off as the, the essentially the mirror space station <laughs> and grew mm-hmm. into this, you know, uh, mega metropolis of, uh, a thousand different cultures all, you know, living together and sharing knowledge, which is really a cool idea. I'm sure all that stuff's right out of the comic book, but I feel like it was it was realized fairly well. Um, I do feel like there are some sequences in this that fall apart and turn into like just basically video game sequences, which I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also some stuff that works pretty well in it, and you know what I would compare it the most to? Uh, it's, it's super epic in scope, right? It's like I it's a Valerian movie because it's this this holy grail of sci-fi, which now it, it it did it did achieve one thing, and it made me interested in checking out Valerian yeah. and Laureline. Like I would like to actually read some of it. Um, it reminded me of like this is the Valerian movie, if you know, in the same way that Peter Jackson adapted The Hobbit, right? <laughs> like it's just kind of like chock full of really like big stupid cgi sequences that don't need to be there at all um my impression again having not read the comics i keep saying that so nobody write angry if somebody ever starts writing us emails yeah (laughs) i mean honestly at this point i'd take an angry email that's right um (laughs) but uh i i get the feeling that this is to the comic what Jim Carrey's movie The Mask was to the comic The Mask. No, okay. A boiled down special effects over the top thing that really isn't capturing the true to sound cliche the true heart and soul of the source material which again you shouldn't have to be really loving the I mean look there's plenty of people that love their comic book movies and they bitch about them and they like I just brought up Suicide Squad right mm-hmm. and how bad that movie was um, and it's been a while since we had some DC references. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it, you know, it's that movie was, was heavily flawed, right? There's there's a few glimpses that are good, same thing here, but it doesn't change the fact that the source material was better. So whether you've seen this, you're familiar with the source material or not, this is still a flawed piece. And yeah, I, I agree, agreed. there's things I really like about... There, there were scenes I thought were really, really cool, like the whole planet mool is just mm-hmm. so... That, that's such a striking sequence but one of the things that you 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 brought up like at fifth element right there's the same kind of diversity of worlds and creatures and cultures and stuff i felt like those were used though in fifth element as a way of explaining uh not explaining a way of showing 
how those fit in with the plot and this is the world that you're working in this one felt more like here's a bunch of ideas and we'll just get them on the screen and we'll try to find a thread to connect them yeah i mean i was gonna say it felt like a whole bunch of different issues of a comic book or story arcs of a comic book all kind of smashed into one and then they kind of tried to loosely tie the little adventures together into a big adventure right so maybe valerian would have worked better as like you know a netflix series or something like that where it actually could have been a little more episodic instead of a two hour and 20 minute movie where you know even though the, the you know the um the dimensional mar- interdimensional marketplace sequence was cool. It didn't really have to be there, or the chase scene through Alpha, which was the stupidest, yeah, uh, video most video game esque thing I've seen in a modern movie. Um, didn't need to necessarily need to be there. Um, the central plot of this movie, you know, about what's the, what's a planet called? You've said it like four times, but um, oh, the mole. Mool, yeah, the uh, the Mool and the Moolian people, or whatever you think you call them, um, all of that stuff was actually good. I really liked the 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 main plot of the film. What I could have dealt with is a little bit of backstory for Valerian and Laureline. Oh my gosh, you could have even explained their awful like performance almost with some backstory. Like I could have bought the characters if you just gave them some. Why did we get no exposition for them whatsoever? Yeah. Um, besides, oh, they're agents for, you know, the Ministry of Defense. That's it. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and, you know, maybe that is how it was. Because, I mean, in the 70s, you know from being a comic book fan, there's a very different style of writing back then. Like, that that was probably enough because of the audience they were writing to were generally 13, 14-year-old boys. And that's all you needed, right? So... But to hold, you know, the, the main characters of this film, to hold this whole um, film together, I think we needed a, we needed some characters, not just, you know, pretty-looking young people. Well, and <laughs> to... I feel like even, even modern-day comic books, um, the way that dialogue is written in a comic book, try reading it out loud sometime. It's oh, painful. Yeah. It's painful. Yeah. Even even in some of the best stories, I don't care how big of a fan you are of, of Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman. Read that shit out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty it's pretty cardboard, right? Because it's this merging of, of visualization and the storytelling and really the, the big focus. A good comic book, you cannot even read the text. And the, the the visuals of that story are, are there in the artwork. And you right. can do that with film, obviously, right? You're sh- it's the same. It's, I can see how there's so many parallels. I mean, storyboards are essentially a comic book, right? And um, and there are, there's been examples like when, when they made Sin City into a movie, they essentially used the comic as a storyboard. It's like every single shot is right out of the comic. It's amazing. And it works. It really, really works. But in this case, it's almost like they were trying to keep the dialogue right off the page. Yeah, I'm assuming, having not read it, but I, I'm, uh, I'm it hoping feels that like explains it. some of the. Uh, it I feels mean, like it. Also, Lupusan co-wrote the screenplay to the Fifth Element. Lupusan was the only author of the screenplay for Valerian, so. Maybe that says something about not having somebody to, like, bounce some... I mean, 
there does tend to be, let's call it the George Lucas effect, where somebody like Luc Besson, who is a, at this point, uh, you know, a kind of mega personality. He's one of the filmmakers that, you know, show up in, you know, when people say, hey, you know, how many, like, who's your favorite filmmaker? This is one of those names that people throw out. He's in the in the same caliber as, you know, Tarantino and, um, you know, I, I should maybe I shouldn't say the same caliber, but, like, it, of that, um, he is a modern, you know, filmmaker. I don't know. Yeah, he's well-known. He's, <laughs> he's very well-known. Household, I, I, hate, I always hesitate to say household name because, you know, most households don't know the name of a single damn filmmaker that's not Steven Spielberg. But, um, but yeah, so household name when it comes to, you know, movies. So you, you got to kind of figure it, call it the George Lucas effect because maybe he doesn't have a whole lot of people around him editing him at this point <laughs> or saying right. no especially to something that's very close to him uh if he wants to literally adapt this you know comic book then maybe everybody's just said yeah that sounds like a great idea luke you know everything you do is genius and wonderful and and not that it's not because there's plenty of really great stuff in this movie I, I i don't want to dwell on just the negative about it um it is a really nice movie to look at uh it, i mean sans a couple of I, I go off on my I hate CGI thing, but there, there's a couple of really video gamey sequences in this that I don't like. But in general, it's very, very nice, very pretty movie to look at in the space and the the, the realization of, of other worlds and stuff. Uh, honestly, the people making the new Star Wars movies could take some notes from something like this to give some you know diversity to its uh, locales yeah. and such. So. I mean, I I loved the 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 whole. I really liked the intro where they explain, like you were saying, like the space station and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Oh, yeah. I loved that. I thought that was really cool. So it's it's a movie that's got cool concepts, mm -hmm. but it just, the, the, the central thread that's holding them together is just so frayed and, and weak. Um, it... It reminded going, me. I, going, it, it didn't transition well from one cool part to another cool part. You know, it was right. just you just kind of had to sit through it and wait for the wait that the next scene's going <laughs> to show something really neat and just enjoy that. So, I mean, I, honestly, I almost want to suggest this is a movie to watch on YouTube. Just watch the highlight clips because that's kind of the best. <laughs> you're going to get the best out of it then. Yeah. Pretty much every scene that our two leads aren't in are pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. I kept trying to figure out, like, what it was. Like, I keep trying to put myself in the frame of my, like, what is Luke Besson thinking? And I don't know a lot about Luke Besson to the point where I literally could know what he was thinking. But, like, like obviously, he's directing these actors, right? Like, so he's got some say over the way that they're... Even if they're not great actors, he's still got some say over the way the end performance ends up being. Like, why? Because it wasn't, like, truly bad acting. You'll never see any consistency, really. It's just kind of, like, all over the place. It's it's the dude from Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, you know? <laughs> like, um, At least that was entertaining, though. Right. But these, these there's consistency to this badness, so, like... You know, just like in Star Wars prequels, how, you know, how did George Lucas make Natalie Portman bad in a movie? How, you know, how, like, what was he, what went wrong to make this the way it was? 
like, I don't know. Like, I just kept trying, kept trying to figure it out. Like, even even if these actors aren't good necessarily, there's consistency to it. So it was a directorial decision for a lot of what they were doing. Um, and I still to I still can't figure it out. Like, even by the end of the movie, it's like I I don't really get what you're going for with these characters. They're not likable. They're not believable. They got no chemistry. Yeah. I don't know anything about him because you didn't give him any backstory. So what? there's nothing that endears me to either of those people whatsoever besides the fact that they're, like, young and pretty. And that's about all the... That's all they really have going for them. Yeah, and I would even say, you know, we've said before that, you know, when you make a film, it's made more than once. It's made in the editing bay. It's Mm -hmm. made by the director. It's, you know, how it's shot, how it's directed, how it's edited how it's acted, all oh, of those things, in... you know, and uh, I, I think the fact that Bassan wrote the screenplay, that's, I don't know, for something where it's based on a apparently uh, celebrated package of source material, it, it says something about a director who's also going to write the entire screenplay themselves. You know, I guess I would want to partner with somebody, you know, if this is really that great. Um, it, Editing-wise, it uh, I think that does play a role in here too because it's each each little vignette is cool, but the editing of the story is is pretty pretty floppy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the visuals are great. So you know the the production company that did the special effects did a good job but yeah. i can't well, say and, that it's and well written and we'll need to bring it up you know time and time again but because we did this to ourselves but comparatively to like a, a disaster like holmes and watson because i'm going to bring that up again um this is this is not the same thing. I mean, we're we're talking about this is a competent. You could tell there's somebody behind this film that is a competent filmmaker that is you know just making decisions that don't end up being the right ones with this material. But certainly, there's a lot of like good stuff here. And Luke Besson, I I wouldn't say even though this is I don't think we're gonna go on and say this is a great movie. It doesn't like tarnish his ability to you know or like i wouldn't hesitate to see another of his films because of this movie necessarily i just don't know if i'm gonna ever sit through this whole thing again we'll see i don't know i'll give it i'll give it a good 20 years because that's what it took for fifth element (laughs) yeah i don't think this one's got all the (laughs) i don't think this one's gonna grow as like that one did but i don't know you know talk to me in 20 years maybe maybe it'll i don't know i mean the 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 three things that just stick in my memory about this movie that are like the only things that you know as as the kids say now who watch netflix spark joy are um they say you know, yeah. they, that's a thing now you, <laughs> I, am, yeah. I am totally disconnected from anybody young at this point in my you, life you should, so. yeah you should watch the, the, there's a show on netflix where it's about like going through all of your crap and you have to ask yourself i think marie coy is that her name um oh god yeah does, okay does, I know. does this spark joy does this spark joy in my life? And no, this movie didn't. But the three things that did, again, big market, the whole intro, and uh, the the mole planet. I just thought that, that was 
But that's all like in the first 20, 25, 30 minutes or so, and then it just kind of, blah, after that. I don't yeah. remember anything about it after that. Well, I'll have so. to bring up again, as the thing this has reminded me the most of, I don't know why I keep coming back to it, but it just, it, it had that vibe to it. It's that this was totally Star Wars prequels again. Like, it just, um, had that vibe to it like there was a lot of there's good stuff like super like loads of ambition right like it was a um big story with lots of stuff going on and the 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 backdrops are beautiful and the alien species are interesting and lots of stuff going on but the acting was terrible the script was questionable there was a lot of like cartoonish quality to some of the special effects um no chemistry in the leads it just uh the acting just didn't translate at all i don't know so well i i will say you know this i i would love if you're listening and you have read the the comics that this is based on the valerian and Loreline comics please somebody tell me what the hell's going on yeah right like is, especially is this is 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 this pretty much like the comic are you satisfied with it because i mean shit somebody puts out a, a superman movie or a batman movie and you'll hear every goddamn comic fan voice their opinion or you know when the next avengers movie comes out you know when endgame comes out i'm sure we're gonna have people that are i don't know how many people are gonna criticize it but you yeah. know the movie's already making gonna make a million you know billions of dollars but yeah. um whatever no, you kidding. know, I'll, yeah, I'll go see it. Are you kidding me? Um, but, you know, it, people, as we've talked about this, part of a fandom thing is fans have this feeling like they're owed something and that they own the property for some reason. So I'm not looking for that. But if, if you've read these comics, I, I would love to know your your take on it. I mean, you, please contact us and you, I'll trust you're an expert. I don't whatever you know, <laughs> yeah let me I'd, I'd love to know because i'm genuinely um, interested i wouldn't mind reading some of yeah, it because I, I do I'm find like the concepts um and even like the the kind of archetype characters that they were like i, I kind of get what they were going but again it's that kind of buck rogers um flash gordon type you know right. flash gordon dale arden type relationship i think between valerian and laureline and um I just think there was some interesting decisions made with the not only the casting but the way that he portrayed those characters, right. and I'm interested where that came from. Like maybe he, maybe that was deliberate, and that's there's a reason for that that I'm just not understanding. Which I agree with what you said earlier that that's a failing on Luc Besson's part. He you shouldn't have to have an understanding of the source material to enjoy the movie. Like it's got it's got to work as its own piece. Otherwise, it's just not really. It's not good for anyone except people that are already your ingrained audience. So. Yeah, I mean, Easter eggs are great. Those are nice little, you know, nods nods to the fans. That's great. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that unless you're doing a you know Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and that's pretty much the entire goddamn movie. Um, <laughs> and you know, and many others. But it, yeah, this this needs to have its own legs, and I just feel like. There's there's a, there's some cool stuff on 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 board, but ultimately it just it's not standing on its own. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll I'll agree that it it has inspired me to want to seek out some of these comics. I want to 
maybe they're maybe they're better and God, maybe they hit the mark with this maybe this is spot on and that's just yeah, the way just it is who knows don't know. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> which you so, know again like i said that's a fail that's a failing really is if it is even if it is spot on to the comics the fact that you, it's not accessible to anybody outside it's gatekeeping it's not good yeah. for anybody yeah so, anyway well, if, if you, you had to give it a grade so, what do you think um well i mean at the end of the day this thing was a big bloated mess but i think it had a lot of potential a lot of interesting ideas i also again like i said about the fifth element this is still true to this day at least it's different than like a lot of other stuff that's going on it has that kind of sci-fi thing i was looking for so like even if it wasn't a perfect movie i was still kind of enjoying getting a little bit of that you know to in, in my mind what is like real science fiction um or maybe science fantasy is more what i'm into but um so for me it wasn't a total waste and it wasn't as you know god awful as i expected it to be like i was really kind of dreading it when i saw how long it was and um yeah like i explained early in the show so i don't know i think i'm gonna give it a c like it's not the worst thing in the world to watch. It's certainly no Holmes and Watson, since that's our low water mark. Until I see something worse, that's gonna be where we. But, uh, and we and we sat through every single Silent Night Deadly Night movie. Oh yeah, Holmes and, and Watson that's is still our way base. worse wow. than any of those yeah. movies. So we got up our game or lower it, whatever. Yeah, one of the two, right? I don't know. I guess for me, uh, I, I'll give it points for some originality. Again, assuming that's originality and not just rehashing a plot line from one random comic book arc 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, I said last week when we talked about Fifth Element that you know there's this craving for something original. Science fiction stuff that's original. Like, take us to these worlds and tell us a great story. Um, this took us to some cool worlds, but I don't feel like we got a good story. So... Um, or just wasn't told very well. So I'm not going to fail it, but I'm going to give it a D. I'm going to give it a D because uh, as much as I did enjoy these aspects, I feel like those the things I liked about it could have been in a better movie. And uh, knowing also that Luc Besson can make a pretty cool, stylized science fiction movie that has a coherent story. Not a perfect one, but something that's coherent, like Fifth Element. Um I don't know, there's there's really no excuse for this to be as clunky and bloated and poorly directed and acted as it is. Uh, and again, the no, the no backstory on your two main characters that are the title characters from this source material that you're so passionate about. Yeah, and, and I, I also want to point out that I did read that Luc Besson was 38 years old when he made Fifth Element. He started writing that story when he was 16 years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, I've read that as well, actually. And that shows that shows like this is a, a a heartfelt, crafted story. This feels like something that was thrown together because I really liked those comics. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so I'm gonna stick with a D on this one. Um, I, I it's worth at least watching the YouTube clips of the big market. That is such a cool concept. I mean, that's like. <laughs> That's like the next level of Amazon Prime, you know, <laughs> where yeah. you can right. literally anything from interdimensions. That was such a cool concept. So, uh, but again, and I'm going to reach out again to our few people that are 
listening, if you have read any of these Valerian and uh, Loreline comics, I would love to know your take on these. So uh, feel free to uh, shoot us an email at videojunkairpodcast at gmail.com, or you can send us a message on our Facebook page, Video Junk Air Podcast on Facebook. Um, or send us a tweet at VideoJunkPod, which is our Twitter handle. I uh, would love to, to read on the air what your thoughts are on on uh, Fifth Element or Valerian, or if you have some thoughts or comments about the source material for this one, too. We would be very eager to hear them. Yeah, I mean, I think besides your neighbor, I gave this the highest rating I've seen anyone give it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, if you liked uh, yeah. liked it or hated it or anything if you've seen it you know let us let us know what you thought i think yeah and and i'd even expand that out to like what to really try to get a conversation started um you know on some of these uh, other platforms too what are your thoughts on the current state of science fiction not science fantasy not rehashing or continuing sagas that go all the way back to the 70s not comic book movies what's (laughs) the status of original science fiction today um is there any <laughs> is there any is there any and i know that i'm overlooking things like interstellar or you know stuff like that that there have been movies inception is a, a great science fiction movie uh, you know yeah, so is yeah. is that is that it are we are we actually inundated with great science fiction but we're just kind of too blind to see it because we have all these big blockbusters going on that's something to consider i, mean, I think well. uh the the show black mirror i think is pumping out some of the greatest science fiction stuff that but again it's very low-key very twilight zone-esque science fiction but certainly some of the best science fiction writing out there right now if, if you haven't seen any of black mirror check it out but well and to, to piggyback off of that if on also on netflix if you have not watched love death and robots oh yeah i've heard i have not watched that but i've, <laughs> I've heard nothing but good things so it is amazing and uh I mean, you've got stories from Tim Miller and David Fincher, and this stuff is definitely... It's, it's an anthology series. Each episode's only about 15 minutes tops. Um, I uh, don't let your kids watch it. I don't know. There's a few your kids can watch. There's a few... I don't know. There's a few I'd let my kids watch. Uh, but overall, it is an adult animated anthology series. Uh, but oh, I God. St- don't be one of those people that's like, oh, it's animated. I should show it to my kids. Yeah, God, don't know. Because all animation is obviously for children. If if you like Black Mirror, or if Black Mirror is one of those things like, I like it, but I could take it up another notch, Love, <laughs> Death, and Robots. Yeah. Love, Death, and Robots is, is really cool. So maybe, maybe again, we do have some great science fiction, but it's just kind of overshadowed a bit by whatever Tony Stark is doing on the big screen. So. I was going to say, comic book movies are, you know, franchises in general. Like, I think that's just... There's nothing outside of a franchise, and they're trying right. to make everything into a franchise at this point. So, well, yeah, we've gone through this before, and you know what? It spawned the decade that we, you know, probably love the most on this show. So. That we're talking about, yeah. I mean, yeah. franchises—that's you know, the New Line Cinema is the house that Freddie built, <laughs> right? You know, it really is. So, but otherwise, uh, feel free to drop us a line. This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. And I'm Eric Branson. Everybody have a good night. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend. You just can't let them go. Go.
stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast. All one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard. 